Hi, welcome back to Shaping Sapiens. I'm your host, Amelia Torres. You know, when I first had the idea of starting the show, it was because I began to recognize how I was being shaped by the individuals around me, individuals who had stories, lessons, and ways of being that impacted me and expanded my mind, my heart, my way of relating to the world, and in turn, how I related to myself. Janet Farnsworth was one of those teachers for me, and she's our guest today. Janet is a Kripalu yoga instructor, movement therapist, and now author of her new book, Love Your Body. In her book, Janet explores the themes of learning to feel safe in our bodies, especially when we live in a world that constantly tells us how much to hate it and change it to fit the standard of perfection. She also teaches how vital it is that we learn to come back to it, to come back to our bodies so that we can learn through it the truth of who we really are. Before we begin, please note this is an adult conversation and some parts may not be suitable for children. So without further ado, please welcome my dear friend and great mentor from Austin, Texas, Janet Farnsworth. Here we are. I'm so happy this is happening. I'm so happy. Okay, I have to focus. Yay. Oh, Janet, it's for me, it's a huge honor, a huge pleasure, a huge gift because you have been a gift in my life for, I mean, we met in 2014 at a really lovely little retreat space and you were there yeah. for an evening you bestowed yeah. your magical fairy godmother dust on me and ever since then I was like you I must know you more <laughs> what total total joy and gift you are how incredible there's so much to say about that you know I mean what a what a gift to either even be seen that way but then also to to, to see someone who I I know is so alive and vital and here to do such beautiful work in the world to layer on that, you know, that you think that I have some value to give you is really quite exceptional. Oh gosh. You said to me once after one of your yoga classes, I just remember being in tears for some reason and you cupped your hands on my face and you said to me, what you see in me is a reflection of you. And that for me was so liberating. And I have used that so many times in my life since then with other people who are in that same space. That's, wow. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was you. <laughs> yeah, there's such a, such a powerful thing, isn't it? When we love somebody and then we find out that one of the things that we're loving about them is the thing that we're needing to remember we are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yes. Well, so glad to have you here. And Miss Janet Farnsworth, you have written a book in addition to all the other accomplishments in your life. And now you've written this book called Love Your Body. And my God. (laughs) Yes. That's to the point, isn't it? It is. And it's such a thing that our societies, especially women, but men as well, have this pressure that we need to love ourselves and love our body. But we have these feelings of we've been conditioned since we were little not to love it and to seek perfection. So I'm so curious about your whole process in coming to create this book. Oh my goodness. Which step do you want to hear about? Because I think I've been creating this book from the time I was in utero. <laughs> but I'm 
coming on 53, so I got lots of stories to tell. <laughs> Which one would you like? Well, how about <laughs> maybe your first, your earliest experiences of your relation to body? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. My first experience of my relation to body. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You know, you do go right to what probably was the most painful relationship or experience of my relationship to my body, which was being assaulted when I was, I think, just turning three. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was, you know, learning my most potent, profound life teaching. But I had to first know what it was to have an enormous amount of pain in my body to then want to leave it. And, you know, some of this that I can understand as an adult, it wasn't even verbal at that time. You know, there wasn't any understanding of what was happening. But I do know now that that's what my first relationship, my first human experience of my body was in which, you know, there was a a relationship between the physical being and then my soul being, you know, that there was something, there was a clash in that moment. And, uh, you know, really, I think I've spent the last... 50 years, which is kind of amazing, reclaiming that relationship and re reestablishing it. Yeah. Yeah. And reading the story, you outline it so powerfully and that mm-hmm. using that experience over your lifetime, what was another experience where you, you talk about it in the book, but where you realize that knowing your body and having a relation to your body and understanding the wisdom of the body and the stories that it contains and how it can help heal us. Mm. When did you start experiencing oh, yeah. that or coming mm. into awareness? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. In, in my book and in the, in the practice that I now teach, you know, I talk about working backwards, that we learn how to move authentically, and then we discover what it is to love our body. And that is a, that is a reflection of my own experience, that... I kind of stumbled into authentic movement and dance. And um, and I use that word dance carefully because there's so many associations with it. But for most of us, allowing the power of music and sound to stimulate some somatic or physical response that wants to sway or tap or feel what the music is doing in our body, that's dancing. So we can dance in stillness. I can sit here and hear you know, a violin concerto and be dancing with my soul, you know. Um, But my experience was, you know, falling into it when my younger son went to school. And for the first time in my life, I had free time, like real free time. And it wasn't dedicated to surviving or panicking about what the hell I was going to be doing or, you know, scrambling to figure out when whatever it is I needed to do to be okay. I really actually was okay in a very root way. Um, I had a couple hours during the day and oh my God, even a little bit at night. And um, <laughs> like, what the hell do you do? Right. Oh my God. Right. Any, any parents, right. Or I mean, anybody, anyone who has a family knows that that's, that's a moment, you know, free time. And, uh, and I'd always love to dance. I mean, I think I remember being, eight years old and God bless my mother, she would sit on the sofa, <laughs> she would sit on the sofa in the living room 
and this dates me, I would play a Helen Reddy album. I, I dare, I defy anyone to actually know who that is. I don't but know. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, she was like, Delta Dawn. Oh, what her, yes. You have on? And I would put that album on and I would, I would put on a show, you know. Uh-huh. So I, I love dancing, right? I mean, I, I, I think for better or for worse, uh, my sister was the ballet dancer. And so I was both spared that, um, that particular ride and then also robbed of knowing that I could dance. And that was like, somehow, you know, in families, when one sibling does one thing, it means the others don't Oh, that's their thing, you know? So she was the ballet dancer, but I did like to dance at Delta Dawn. <laughs> and also, uh, the Weavers, we, oh, we, oh, we, 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 so I like that one. I danced that too. <laughs> anyway, so I had this free time when my son was in kindergarten and I, I think I, I joined, I was asked by some other mother, Hey, you want to join the women's dance ensemble? Because I had signed up to do the community theater production of cabaret. Oh, and, fun. uh, I had been, I had been, um, cast as one of the, um, one of the dance hall girls. Cause of course, you know, they're girls and, uh, and it was so much freaking fun. Oh my God. You know, I don't, I, I think my name was like Ilsa or something. I don't even think I had a character, but I was fun. It was fun to move and, you know, you know, be with friends and stuff. And so one of the women who was another one of the nameless chorus girls said, you want to do in this thing, be this thing called women's dance ensemble. And I went, Oh, that's okay. Women. I was a psychotherapist. I had long been attached and committed to working on women's issues and women's empowerment. And, and, um, I said, okay, a yeah, women's dance ensemble. Great. Let's do that. Bunch of like, you know, middle-aged moms with their free time dancing around this day and God bless them. And there was some beautiful <laughs> movement there. I mean, I don't, I don't it at all, but that is in fact what it was. And, um, and, uh, and I started to feel really good. And I'm like, yeah, but dancing is good stuff. And so I um, I'd signed up for this thing called Contact Improv because I had gone to a friend's birthday party and did this weird thing rolling around and connecting spines and taking body weight. And that was kind of cool. And I think actually that probably was very critical to the somatic awakening, which I'm about to say, which is after this period of around eight, nine, ten months of starting to dance. And in this sense, I really was dancing. I had this boom, aha, waking up moment that probably was very singular. And I can probably look back and say, yeah, it was really like that 24-hour period or that six-hour period or even that single moment when I woke up and I went, oh, my God, I'm in my body again. This is what it feels like be in my body and then everything changed everything changed um i i discovered for the first time in my life like what kind of clothes i wanted to wear what kind of food i wanted to eat what kind of life i actually wanted from my soul not from the mind not from the stories not from social expectations, but from my soul, from the me, the higher self, the true self said, yes, like, welcome. Thank God you're finally here. And, um, and so changed my career and my living situation. And I'm still in that process. I'm still in the refinement of that. And I think that we're all in that refinement. I think that our 
our job and our humanity is to self-realize, to self-actualize, to become who we are, the fullest expression of the uniqueness of ourselves. And in my world, we access that uniqueness by how we feel. And we access by how we feel by being in our bodies. And for some of us, that is an enormously challenging task, whether or not it's because we have been violated, assaulted, or simply talked out of the experience of self, and I use that capital S, self, love, connection, that it can be a really hard ride. Um, but my particular path is what you know made me want to write that book and to do the work that I do is to like hold space to to hold um, the, the knowing that oh for all those things that you think are imperfect all of those ways that you have discomfort you know we start to separate out the thinking from the feeling and recognizing that what you feel is the gateway. It's the gateway to things that maybe even are causing you discomfort or a way for you to know what has to be healed, what wants your attention. You know, the body is is a genius. The body's intelligence is is breathtaking and breathgiving. (laughs) Um, Yes, so I think I've moved off of your question, but get me started and it's hard to that was beautiful I loved all of that I mean I yeah. I, I was thinking this morning I was like don't go into this call with trying to make into a coaching session for myself make it for everyone yeah. it's so easy to want to do that oh, uh, no. that's, that's the thing though Amelia we're all in this and this exactly. is why exactly you know it, it's it's been such a gift for me the more established I get in my career, you know, the more comfortable I get while walking with all of the insecurities, all the terrors, all of the, oh shit, like here we are, we talk about the fact I'm talking to you with my microphone balanced on my pencil on my mug, because that's just <laughs> what's here today in this moment, exactly. you know, and that it's we're, it's, we're all a mess and we're all totally perfect. And, and you know, I think that there's so much potency and it's why it's such a joy to be doing a podcast and talking with you and why we want to listen to podcasts because it's when we hear each other's stories that we hear the reflection of ourselves and we go, oh my God, thank God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then we get to refine and hear both of what helped, but I think also that like what we talked about just in the very beginning, it's so sweet that that's exactly how you began that moment of I am your mirror. Right. I'm your mirror. And when we have space for the messed up stuff, for the things that, you know, whether or not you want to actually do a coaching call or not, you know, we don't, whatever. But that, but that, that kind of thing, that authentic exposure of, of the fullness of our humanity is so gorgeously affirming. Yes. It's like I'm, I'm like, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating ride to think about. Like, why does it feel so damn good when you tell me, oh my God, I, I have a wart on my finger. (laughs) Maybe not that specifically. And by the way, I'm not saying that you do, but you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever it's like, oh, thank God I'm not alone. I don't have to suffer with this image of perfection. That is the story. I don't have to, I don't have to suffer with this, 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 this 
crisis of incompleteness. Oh, I love that. What you just said to suffer the crisis of incompleteness. It is a crisis. And I even, as you were just talking, you know, the idea of perfection immediately my mind as a woman goes to fashion magazines, goes to covers. And I know that they, those images now, we all, we all should know that they are not perfect. The models in those photographs are not perfect. They had to be photoshopped and, you know, make up up to become perfect. It's like even them as themselves are not perfect. It's like, it's impossible. And yet we, even with that knowledge, we still try to attain it. And I got to tell you, it's, I mean, I recently did a photo shoot with a very dear friend. It was a Nike photo shoot because I wanted photos of my naked quote imperfections. And I'll tell you what's fascinating is I actually tried to post one on Facebook and they completely took it down. And, you know, there's, there's an interesting, an interesting, um, Side note, which is this whole, you know, sexuality thing that anything that sort of smells close to sexuality, we have so much shame and um, so many stories about like what that's even supposed to be, even that word, what is that, you know, but that, you know, but, but we can talk about war, we can, you know, do all the things that we do, but somehow if it's about the body, there's it's like a thousand stories about how it's supposed to be or not be, but in this conversation, the context of this, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I, I if I had been, I think, um, like a, a size four, whatever, whatever the image of perfection, because I'm not, I'm size 10, 12, 14, if I'm going to be baggy, whatever. It's a number, it's a freaking number. If I had had some vision in my own body that looked like perhaps it was supposed to be, I think there would have been less chance that there was an algorithm of Facebook taking that post down. And, um, and because there was nothing, I wasn't exposing anything. I mean, you just could tell, in fact, my legs were by my chest. Um, maybe because it was my butt was there. I don't know what it is, but like, but if we pause and just step back from that concept that like, there's no, there's no space in our daily lives. There's no space in our, um, experience of perception of the body, like what we see, we, we, we are only allowed to see the, like you say, the fashion magazines. And I, I, I will say, as I look at my book cover with its beautiful real women on it, yes, um, I do, love them. some of that is changing. Like I get to go see Lizzo this weekend at AC on oh, Earth. Fun. Um, so right. Awesome. And so I, I do think it's changing, um, but not fast enough in my book. <laughs> Like, you know, it's still, she's still body positive. Like there's still, there's still stories of like, ah, the, the rule breaker, you know, it's like, no, it's, we all, we, you know, it's, what's that thing, you know, how, how to have a yoga body, like, uh, have a body, do yoga. Exactly. And I think that makes me think of that, the other meme to have a bikini body, just have a body, put on a bikini. Wear a bikini. Yeah. (laughs) The end. (laughs) <laughs> it's so freaking hard though, Amelia. It is so hard. It has only been this last period of my life that I can actually even walk around the house naked when I'm alone. Hmm. I don't even want to catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. That's what my story has been. There's been so much shame, so much of that loathing and the discomfort that has to do with how I look, let alone how I feel. Um, it's, it's, it's a torture. It's a torture. And 
it is an imposed one. It's an imposed one that I think has in it also because of the magnitude of what the body holds, which is the fierce, moving, dynamic self. It's a. It's also a complicated one. I mean, I think that I can. I to me, the journey is so much richer than even just being able to tolerate looking in the mirror now and seeing my wrinkles or, you know, tolerating seeing the cellulite or the extra, the quote, extra flesh. It's like, it's so much more like to me the, the what we see and perceive with our eyes is only the, the one of the first steps. It's actually, it's actually practicing the feeling moment. It's actually tolerating what I'm feeling when I'm looking and seeing my, my, seeing my wrinkles it's, it's tolerating and being interested what, what is, you know, inside of my experience in that moment. So then I can then get free from a lot of it, you know, and, and, and move it out, which is why I know my business is called Let Love Move You. So we can get to the thing of, get to the thing of peace. Yes. Like stand there and not just say, I, I'm okay, I'm 53, this is how I'm looking, but I can stand and be completely actually separate from what my eyes are telling me is my value, or that I can actually stand there and just feel a sense of peace and detachment from that who I am is how I look. We're so much more than what we look like, yes. as you're saying. Yes. Yes, right, right. And it's why, you know, because um, we, we dance together, mm-hmm. you know, and this actually, this, this teaching came for me from Vin Marti of Soul Motion. It was the first time. And actually, trance dancing has been around for a very long time, you know, closing your eyes. So you, it's this, you know, in yoga, it's Pratyahara is bringing your attention in. But Vin said something just about keeping the gaze down so that you can keep your eyes open. In fact, as a somatic therapist, I think there's enormous value in actually being able to both keep and experience like the one eye in, one eye out, so that you know you're right here. You're actually in the room that you're in. You're on the you're you're on the chair that you're in. You're in the you know you're on the street that you're on. You're actually where you are while you're bringing your awareness in. I think there's enormous power in that. But one of the things that was so powerful to me about that first experience of not to watch somebody else, but to allow the heart to witness, even when you're dancing with somebody. It really helped dialed up for me the potency of um, what we see, you know, and that I think that, I mean, even as I'm sitting here, I'm just really struck by that because I really am just looking at my book type, my book cover right now, which has these three beautiful women, in, you know, in their, in their underwear, looking very real to me and real. And when I mean not that airbrushed image, we do so much of our conversing with the inner self by what we see, you know, you got to feel safe. Yes. And that's a, that's a process. That's a practice. You know, I'll just say the last thing that I was teaching a class yesterday. I have great fun teaching this in power vinyasa class Thursday morning. You know, it got really sweaty. It's a hot studio. And, <laughs> um, but the class was about opening the heart. And, you know, it's sort of convenient because it is what the class wants. But we did a lot of core work. You know, what's so clear to me is that we can't be open unless we're safe. You know, the vulnerability yes. can only follow stability. Right. We have to be grounded before we can be free. Well, we talked about nine different things there. Or at least I was chatting on. <laughs> that the last thing you were saying, I have a few thoughts that came to mind, but that last thing, if inside we don't feel safe in order for, as our minds, as you're talking about, we see outside and we process. And if we can have an, an outside space that we recognize as, oh, 
this is, I can, I can be safe here. So I'll enter and see what comes up to be vulnerable, to feel safe. That's the step. That's the, that's the first thing you need to feel safe in order to be vulnerable in order to open up. Absolutely. And I was going to say on that comment, you are the first teacher that ever taught me that that Mm. is a possibility. I mean, and, and working with you, you were the first person to show me what sacred space means, what that Mm. container looks like in order to be vulnerable and open. And we, my heart is exploding just remembering it because I mean, thinking about somatically, that is a, that is a, a memory I have in my heart that I can go back to in time right now in this moment and go, yeah, I felt safe in that moment. And that's what I bring to this podcast is holding that space for others mm. to feel safe and being able to open up with their stories. Oh, just, oh, I just felt that all the way down into my colon, you know, and then, <laughs> <laughs> up somatic. but you know, really like, which for me is like the best place for me to feel. If I feel it like I'm like a puppy. But if I have to pee, then I know I'm like online. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is <laughs> but, it? No, this, this, the sphincter muscle, right? Is the thing that yeah. we contract when we're afraid. So. Oh, okay. I, no, it's interesting research. I mean, I, there's a whole, we can talk a lot about that muscle, but. Um, uh, if that's relaxed, basically you're, you're, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty safe. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm practicing as I'm listening to you. Um, <laughs> I mean, right. But um, I love the, what you said. I'm like, it's such like a heart like candy bomb for me because, you know, not only is it just exquisite, it just makes me feel so good um, to hear you say that. It also is so inspiring because that to me has this whole other layer in it about this idea of doing the work ourselves Mm. to transform the world. Yes. You know, it's like, we do our own work. And I think just by sitting still exactly where you are doing your work, you are energetically creating ripples in the universe, right? We're in that sense of the big one. We're all the one energy. So you can't help but create a change by doing one's personal work, which helps us out of codependency. It helps us out of um, dysfunctional relationships, bad jobs, whatever, by doing our own personal work. But what is so exciting to hear you say that is that there's other, there's this whole other layer, which I believe that when we really get online with the true self, and this is also a very yogic principle, that the true self is actually one of service, yes, and compassion, and that it's like that you had some experience of the container so that you could experience yourself, which is what we started at the beginning of this conversation. It's like. And so now you are more in your radiant truth and your radiant truth is saying, I can do this. I'm going to hold space for somebody else to find his or her radiant truth. And it talk about a ripple effect, you know, and it, and it begins with, it begins with safety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It begins with self. It begins with our own colons, you know, our own own sphincters, you know, our own sphincters, you know, but then we think, Yes. But it's like, that's, that's it. Yes, it and that is. is. And that to me is why it goes right back into the, the exquisite nature of your body and getting out of this madness that somehow because your body doesn't look a certain way, that it's not a perfectly designed device, that your body doesn't lie. Your body is constantly working 
in the most profound way to keep you going, to keep cleaning you out, to keep, uh, to keep evolving you into wellness, even as you're maturing. It wants to keep you well. I mean, can you imagine just for a moment doing with our minds and our ideas what the body is doing like in a million different ways at every breath? Right? So the body is this brilliant vessel. And, you know, when we get to, like, actually be in it, we discover that it's completely unique. You're, I mean, the fact that we know for a scientific fact that no one on this existence of our humanity will ever look exactly like you. Nobody will ever be exactly like you are right now. Like, pause and think about that. How crazy is that? If you believe at all in some divine principle or some, some energy which actually cares about the world, that energy is colluded to create you exactly the way you are. Like with the wart. With, with the wart, like the, yes. You know, with the birthmark, with the, with the, the proclivity to be round-hipped or small-waisted or whatever it is. And I have to tell you, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm working with a, a young woman who is who's a professional dancer? She looks. She gets like she's 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 an actress. She's I mean she's quote beautiful, and she has all of the same stories that those people who do not look like that have. You know this 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 idea again of like I don't my body isn't what I think it's supposed to be. Like that's the madness. It's like your body is constantly constantly in communion with your with you which is pure love hmm. constantly in conversation with that it's saying you matter you matter let's keep you going let's heal you let's heal you i mean you cut your cut your finger your body says okay baby i'm gonna close it up for you you know you sprain your ankle on your and it says all right here we go i'm gonna work really hard for you i'm gonna fix your sprained ankle so why in God's name shouldn't that also be true with the wounding of our soul, our, our emotional being, you know, but we've got to listen. We've got to pay attention. There's a refinement. And to me, finding a way to be with that and then to let, and, and, and you know, in the, in the practice of now to actually allow some movement, it's like we're sort of shaking loose, um, the, the, the way that and there's a whole other conversation about the brain and how the brain creates patterns and we stay with those patterns. And um, I did it again. I don't know what we were starting to talk about. <laughs> no, it's perfect. <laughs> it is all perfect and perfect. Yes, but you'd perfect. be perfect. You'd be gorgeous. <laughs> I loved the beginning of your, I, I will, t this is, I hope this is not me being completely biased, um, but I haven't read a book that made me go, I'm going to finish this. Like it's, it feels like a page turner to me because it feels like you are exactly speaking to me like that voice the madness that's something I it, it can be debilitating for me personally and I know I'm not the only one that very first page of your book well first of all you dedicate the book to love and you say to love because I know I can find you in my children's faces friendships clients sunshine and skin and in every place where I was sure you abandoned me, but just needed to look. Oh my God. Makes me want to cry. Uh, that made me want to cry. I know. I read it. I was like, yes. Uh, but that first, the first page of your book in chapter one, my body is a battleground. The first few lines are, did you look in the mirror today? 
you, you, you immediately start with a conversation, a reflective inquiry with the reader to say, just out of curiosity, did you do this today? Did you fix your hair or brush your teeth? Do you remember what you said to yourself when you looked? Was it a loud voice or maybe a whisper? Did you track the list of things you were unhappy with or wanted to change? Or were the voices mute, utterly resigned to never seeing or looking the way you believe you should? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just savoring your appreciation. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Because like all good things and all like all life, I the book came from my heart. And of course, my mind has hastened to want to edit it 500 times. <laughs> oh, yes. So I'm right. So here I'm on the ride with you and I'm just letting myself take in the sweetness of that. The book is from my heart. So that I can say truthfully. Thank you. Thank you. And there's one more part on this page I I wanted to jump to. There's the survey that you refer, yeah, 2016 survey by Girls Guides in the UK found that 40% of 7 to 10-year-olds sometimes felt ashamed or embarrassed about their bodies. 7 years old and embarrassed. And then you say, you have been struggling with your body for a very long time. Too long. Too long. Yeah, we, you have, I have, we have the woman next to us, the, 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 the driver on the bus has, you know, I mean, I think the, the first survey that you referred to actually, that isn't glamour, says 97%, 97% of women would change something about their bodies if they could and feel a sense of loathing about it. That means pretty much everybody. Everybody is hating what I would say, what I'm offering. Everybody is hating their connection to the divine. Everyone is at war with the very thing that's offering them freedom. People are fighting against the exact church, temple, synagogue, uh, you know, ceremonial space to find the best of ourselves. How, how else do we communicate with that sense of self? How else do we know the sense of peace and joy and love and wisdom that we're all craving, that we can just sit and be quiet and know that everything is okay? How do we, how, how do we connect to that? Even when we read something or when we hear a prayer, how are we? Like, how do we ex- actually experience that thing? How do we actually feel that sense of freedom and peace? Well, we feel it. Where do we feel it? <laughs> and so, you know, and so there it goes. And how do we get there? Cue yeah. your book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. if you've made it this far in the conversation, you should just yeah. get this book. It's if you're a person who's struggling with the the suffering crisis, uh, the war with our with your body. Janet has outlined a very practical step, a, a program, a process that can help. Would you mind giving us a highlight of what that process looks like and can do for you? Oh my goodness! Well, first let me say that I would be happy if someone will just reach out to me on thepracticeofnow.com. Okay. I would be delighted to send you the book. Um, digitally, and and if we agree that you will overlook any typos or poorly phrased sentences, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and you just get to the heart of the book, I would be delighted to do that. So just contact me on the practice of now, which is the practice itself. What is the practice? The practice is everything that we're talking about. The practice is in learning how to be with the bodies that we have and to discover that when we do that, when we actually practice the art of sustaining attention and tolerating the sensation, we then can start to turn on the energy centers that are there through some very specific practices, some very specific awakening modalities, and there are many. And so when we have those pieces of how to sustain and to be with the truth, capital D, that we feel in our unique, then we can start to turn those, those switches on a little so the volume gets a little louder and it gets a little clearer. And then we can find what is your truth, the bigger truth. You know, it's not like the mental experience of I love my body. I love my womb and cellulite. And if that's, what, that's where that your truth brings you, bless you. I mean, that's great. That's not what this practice is about. The practice is about loving your body as the holder and the gateway to love, to you, to peace. That's what the practice is. Beautiful. Huh? I said I love you. I love you. <laughs> Anyone who's listening to Amelia's podcast is smart because this is one beautiful, <laughs> vital, shiny soul. I'm just shiny a reflection soul. of you. <laughs> <laughs> and so is the listener. Yeah, that's if correct. You made it this far. We're just shining back on you, my friend. That's right. Back on you. And it's isn't that sweet? Oh my yes. God, thank God we're not alone. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This quote came to mind as I was reading the beginning of your book. It's by, I think, a collective, or maybe it's a poet with this this particular name that they go by, A Butterfly Rising. But this poet, if you will, they said, in a society that profits off your self-doubt, liking yourself is a rebellious act. And I feel like your book is a part of that rebellion. Ooh, I like it. Isn't it good? Yeah, let's revolt against self-doubt. <laughs> uh, it is like a revolt. It is. It's, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, the subtitle of the book is Stop Making Your Body a Battleground. Mm-hmm. It is a revolt to, 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 to fight back against the, the endless stream of oppressive thinking. Yes. It's, it is a fighting back because it's a constant onslaught. It is, it is an aggressive energy that presses down on us. And it can be simply in what we see in magazine, in song, in video, in movie. And it can really be profoundly in the people right around us, you know, to to fight back against, through no fault, mostly through the people around us, because they're also in their own stories. They are also in their own stories. To then fight back against those, you know, like the way I fought back against, you know, the stories that I was told by my, you know, my father's attack and by my, you know, my dear mother's 
in abilities and you know it's like ooh, this warrior's work it is i mean i say that all the time in my private practice it's like forget about marathons forget about you know big stage evolutionary processes you know being with a true self meeting our real vulnerabilities the terror oh my god the tenderness of that that is a warrior's effort I mean, there is nothing that we will do that is harder than meeting our own vulnerability. I mean, like really meeting it and knowing it and working with it. That is, that's fierce. That's fierce. It requires a ferocity. It's funny, I was just talking with a, uh, a client yesterday and she's been doing, I mean, like, like the kind of soul work she says the hardest she's ever done in her life. And um, this is a, a, a lovely awake woman, and she's been really being with the dark places. You know, she had this experience of, in the previous week, having had a couple of moments of, oh, oh, this is what it feels like to not have all the oppressive thinking and, you know, the, 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 the patterns of behavior, which have been so uh, destructive for her. She's like, oh, oh, my God, this is what it feels like. And, you know, we were talking about, yes, that we had, like, we don't just sit in the muck. We don't just like meet the shadow and, you know, fight the fire for its own sake. We do it because it's the way through. <laughs> it's yes. like we actually want to feel good. We want to feel good and happy and peaceful and like, yes, like that's what it's for. You know, it's not for its own sake. I mean, hell, you know, we do it so we can like enjoy the sunshine and the hamburger or the, not the vegan only hamburgers, whatever, whatever. The bean burgers for the, the vegans. The bean burgers and the friendships and looking at your <laughs> yes. beautiful face and, you To know, live. Yeah. To live. Yeah. yeah. To live a full life. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> well, that was love juice for my whole soul and my whole everything. <laughs> so... Gosh, you're so amazing. It's such an honor you. to know you. So back at you, baby. Love you so much. And I love, you know, whoever's with us listening to this, even if it's just you and me, the souls, maybe we'll maybe we'll speak to souls energetically. I just like say like welcome. You know, like welcome, 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 welcome to the ride, welcome to the story, welcome to the love. You know, it's like it's real. It, it is a real thing. And it's such a delight to be in this space with you, Amelia, my darling, my sweet. Me, I'm going to reveal my sister daughter friend. Yes, my sister my mother sister friend. Yeah, my sister daughter <laughs> friend. And uh, it's good stuff. It's such it's, good stuff. That's the good living. That's the good living. And I'm so happy, so grateful that you make the space to create these podcasts, these conversations, to then bring people in, you know, across the airwaves. I mean, how gorgeous, right? That's that's living the good life. That's living the good life. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. Thank you for being here. Love you, love you. Love you. Thank you for listening. That is our story for today. To learn more about Janet and her work, you can visit JanetFarnsworth.com, or you can also request a free copy of her book, Love Your Body, or you can visit Amazon to purchase your own. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a comment, sharing, liking, or subscribing to this podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Luminary. Join me again next month for our special Dia de los Muertos episode featuring my good friend Allison Sims as she shares her journey in learning to navigate and celebrate the life and death of her loved ones. And until then, 
Good night, good morning, good afternoon, wherever in the world you may be.